Well, it's a privilege to be asked to speak here this morning. And uh, when you're asked to speak in a church, you think, oh, yeah, that's nice, they want me to speak. And then afterwards, you think, oh, hold on, are they going to like what I say? So there's always a little bit of apprehension, especially when you're speaking in a church first. So all the elders now need to be careful to make sure that everything is done right. I've already spoken to Howard about that. Um, but, you know, I always have got a little bit of apprehension when I'm speaking, and I have spoken a number of times, um, but I still get nervous. And uh, my first speaking engagement was when I was age five, and I checked these facts with my mum uh, this morning, so they are right. And um, it was, uh, I think it was a Christmas, you know, end of term Christmas carol service, and I was five years of age, and uh, I can still remember it. And uh, I got up on the stage, and I was like, I trumped up the aisle, you know, and I turned around, and I froze. <laughs> I looked at everyone, and I thought, I froze. I mean, you look like really friendly, uh, un, uh, you know, uh, dangerous people here this morning. Uh, but for some reason, when I, uh, maybe there are some dangerous people. Like that. Uh, but but I, you know, and sometimes in in life. You can freeze, can you? You have that, those moments of fear. And that was like my, one of my first uh, experiences of, of having fear. And um, it was just one of those things, you know. And I, I moved on from there. And I, I had a really happy childhood, you know, there's no problems. Uh, but I'm glad to say that wasn't the end of my speaking career. And uh, when I, I became a Christian when I was 15, uh, I felt the Lord calling me to, um, to you know, a number of ministries. Uh, but one of them was speaking. And I found Jesus. And in 1 John 4, verse 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. That's one of my most favorite scriptures, that is, you know, that I hold to my heart. So this morning... Uh, like I said, when I, when I was asked to speak, I thought, oh, great, because I heard Doug speaking, and I thought, well, Doug Fairplay, he has like a good, like, 40 minutes session. All the churches I usually, you know, they're tapping their watches at 30 minutes. Well, I got 15 minutes this morning. Can you believe that? So I've got to try and cram it all in. So here goes. So this is a, a series called Christmas Gifts That Last, and this is the, the third one, we had, uh, you've already had gift of hope, gift of friendship, and my third one is gift of love. Well, you can't go wrong with that, can you? The gift of love. The only problem I've got is restricting uh, it all to 15 minutes because there's so much I can talk about love. Um, so the, I love the title of this series. It's called Gifts That Last. Um, you know, we, uh, uh, you know, all the adverts on the TV suggest, you know, that their products will last, you know, one of the perfumes, isn't it? Is it eternity? The perfume eternity? You know, that obviously lasts quite a long time. Um, whenever I get uh, aftershave bought for me for Christmas, it's gotta last a long time, because I just, I just stick it in my drawer and I forget to use it. I don't know why, I just never seem to use aftershave. And it hurts as well, didn't it? I'm, I'm a bit of a chicken. <laughs> you know, I, I don't wanna have 
this after share. But what does it mean by gifts that last? Uh, it's something that's solid. Something that, that, that lasts a long time. Something that's reliable. And maybe something that's true. And I thank the Lord that the gifts that God give us do last. They are permanent. They don't change. Um, so this amazing subject called love. Um, I love coal fires. You know, and uh, we, have, we, we did have a coal fire, but we can't use our coal fire. Now. But I, I used to always get too close. I just used to go right up. And then, you know, get to that point where your, your feet start hurting because you know, you're almost burning, singeing the end of your, your, your toes. Uh, but I love feeling the, the heat of a coal fire. And to me, that's what love is like. You know, when you draw near to God, you sense that love. You sense that, that warmth. And, and you want to, you know, you want to be there, don't you? You, you never want to go away from a coal fire and go out in the, the rain and cold like we got uh, this morning. You know, you want to be, be close to that. So I know that God is a God of love. But more than that, the Bible says that God is love. That God is love. And that's found in 1 John 4 verses 7 to 12. And it goes like this. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is complete in us. So God is love. And that is really hard to grasp this morning. How can God be love? Well, there's a lot of things about God that are hard to grasp, aren't they? We will, we will never know on this earth the full picture. You know, I'm a lot further down the road than when I became a Christian when I was 15, but there, was, there are still things that I don't understand. It's like, for example, the son. Now, my son, uh, Evan, my uh, middle, middle child, he loves physics. You know, he's, he's always talking, and he just talks about all, and so, oh, I have, you know, he's going, he goes into too much detail. He goes over my head, you know, and I, I like science as well. But he loves things like the fact that the sun, you look at the sun and you think, well, you know, if you uh, had asbestos clothing on, then you'd be able to land on the sun, wouldn't you? But you can't, because the sun is a ball of gas. If you try to land on the sun, you just get absorbed into this huge ball of gas. It's not actually anything solid, you know, like the Earth or, or the Mars or, or Moon that you could actually land on. So even if you could withstand that heat, you couldn't land on it. And this is, this is just one example of how there are many things in life that are difficult to understand. And the concept of God 
is love is, is one that's difficult to, to, co- to contemplate. Well, there's a lot of things I could say about this morning. I absolutely loved the performance. And I could, like, highlight a few uh, people. Well, I will highlight a few people. I loved the Herod because... Uh, it was frightening how much he enjoyed being nasty, you know. That was just, was just so good. Um, and I loved that song. I loved me. I have to be honest. That was absolutely brilliant. Thanks, me, for bringing that. Um, but really, that's a little bit naughty, isn't it? To to highlight individuals because you know we all want to feel special, don't we? You know what I mean? We none of us. Uh, and, and Gemma, you just talked with her beard. She just, I didn't even recognize Gemma with the, with the beard. That was brilliant. Um, and so if you're a parent or you're a grandparent of any that, that came up uh, this morning, you will rightly say, well, my child was the best. You know what I mean? Um, but in life, everyone can't be special. Can they? They can't. Everybody can't be special, except in relation to knowing God. Do you know I'm God, the apple of God's eye? He He loves me. Um, a, a friend of mine for a Secret Santa present. She wasn't a Christian. She bought me this T-shirt, right? and it said, "Jesus loves you." She's fair enough. But underneath it says, "But I'm His favorite." <laughs> I don't know, oh, I but but really, he is. I'm God's favorite, and this. Where where am I leading with this? What I'm leading to is that God is a very personal God. He created the heavens and the earth. He created the rivers. He created the trees. All these amazing things, but at the same time. And most importantly, when you need help most, it's good to know that God is a personal God. He will meet you. Jesus is for you. My relationship with Jesus will be different to your relationship with Jesus. And when it comes to your faith in God, it's very personal. There's like an ownership there. You know, I talk to God... Uh, privately, and he talks to me in a way that he will talk differently to you. And I just love that about God. He is such a personal God. And so we are all special in him. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special Possession, in my uh, version there. Um, That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of his darkness into his wonderful light. We need a personal God. We need a personal relationship. And, you know, you may come this morning, you may look at me and you may look at others and think, uh, wow, you know, I love The fact that that person has got that relationship with Jesus. That's really encouraged me that that Steve or whoever loves God. But it only goes so far, doesn't it? You can't get encouraged in God 
through my faith. You have to have a faith of your own. You know, I can help you, I can lead you, I can guide you to knowing this amazing God, but you have to experience that love yourself. And that's how then you will agree. You say, Steve, I agree with you. I know now that God is a personal God. So I was out walking and praying the other day and and, uh, at lunch times in work. I often go out and walk and um, just get away from the computer, really, you know. um, And a bit of fresh air. And while I'm walking, I often pray uh, to God. And something I've been doing a lot lately as well, which I would recommend, which is difficult at first, is to allow God to speak to you. Okay, so perhaps we find it easy to pray to God and we've got our list of prayer requests and we can do that. But at a certain point in my walk, I decide I want God to speak to me now. And so I just remain remain silent and I'm thinking, well, you know, nothing's going to happen here. But every time God says something to me, I think, I know that's of God. I know God. And the, and the last week or so, God put this word into my heart and it's related to this subject very much. And he said to me, I put value on you. And he used this word value and I thought, dear Lord, you value me. And it's so important, you know, that we realize that God values us and you know I'm married to Karen be married uh, 27 years now and when I look at Karen the Lord has given me Karen and I put value on her you know I I think right I need to care for my wife so all you men out there you know if you're listening that's what God has called us as as husbands to do is to care for our wives to surround them to protect them to say do you know I really value you as a person and of course I value my children as well but my wife comes first and um, you know the Lord is is up there even higher again but the Lord puts value on you do you, do you realize do you sometimes feel that you're not valued well Come to God. Come to Jesus. Because he will show you that he values you. How much does he value you? He sent his only son, Jesus, down to earth to suffer a terrible price for me. That's how much that, that, you know, if you can measure that, that's how much God values us. He's got a, a special place for us. He loves us. He wants us. To have a personal relationship with with him. And sometimes, if this if this love is so amazing, how am I doing for time, by the way? A couple of minutes. Um, we we you know, what's the problem? If God is so good, if if God values us so much, what's going on? And do you know, as a people we may not realize it, and I'm the same. I run away from God. It's almost like as if God's love is too amazing. It's almost like as if I feel I don't deserve 
this love. I don't deserve what God has given me. Because I look at my life, I look at the things I do wrong, and I think, well, no, God, I don't, I don't deserve as much as you're prepared to give me. But, but you know, that's the barrier that we've got to overcome this morning. We've got to just take away that barrier and think, wow, God really puts value on me. And through Jesus Christ, I do not deserve, but I can put this cloak of righteousness on that God has won for me on the cross. And and then I can, in, as recorded in 1 Peter 2, be a chosen people. I can feel that I have value. And you know, it's so important as Christians that we feel we've got value. One of the most important things is, is for us to love ourselves. You know, not in a bad way, not in the looking in the mirror in the morning and think, wait, Steve, you're looking good. <laughs> you know, which is not going to happen. But we need to love ourselves because we can look at ourselves and think, well, God loves me. God puts that value on me so I can love what God has created as well. And I think that sometimes that's a big problem for us. We don't love ourselves. And I'll finish with this thought. Do you know the love of God is so strong? I don't know what your view of God is this morning, but can I tell you that for every one of us, he is pursuing you. No matter what stage you are in your Christian faith, in your walk, this morning he is pursuing you. He's not up in heaven thinking, well, if he talks to me, I'll talk to him. No, God is pursuing. He loves us. We cannot get into our heads how much he loves us. He is pursuing us. And uh, there's a well-known psalm, Psalm 23, and in verse 6, it says, Surely, this is David speaking, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I read that the other uh, week, or it came to my mind when I was praying, I can't remember, and I thought, whoa, wait a minute. Let's have a look at that again. It says, Surely goodness and love will follow me. It doesn't say that, that we just have to stay in one place to, to receive God's blessings. David realized, wherever I go, Lord, you seem to be blessing me. And that is the amazing thing about God. He is pursuing us. He will find us. He will seek us wherever we go. And there are many characters in the Bible that, that run away from God. Many godly people in, in the Old Testament, like Jonah and Elijah, that that just run away from God. They couldn't deal with uh, being so close to God. But God is pursuing us. And uh, my last scripture is Psalm 139. Another very well-known passage. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. I love that psalm. So I pray this morning that over this Christmas time, you will think about God and you will think, if you haven't already understood it, or if you want to go deeper into God, you think, Lord, show me how personal you are to me. Lord, show me how much you value me. Lord, speak into my heart. Lord, help me 
to overcome my fears because perfect love drives out all fear. And I just pray that the Lord will bless you this Christmas with gifts that last. Amen.